Hey, everybody, Brian Davis here. It is Longhorn Confidential time. A new season, a new year, 2022, has officially begun. Here with Danny Kirk and said, as the Texas Longhorns have logged uh, their first practice, Steve Sarkeesian's first press conference, we are off and running in the second year of the Sark era. We went out to practice yesterday. Um, there'll be some more open uh, windows here on Thursday and Friday, and they'll put the pads on uh, next next week, really get going. Uh, but, guys, a lot to dive into, you know, and uh, just kind of throw the floor open. We can talk about the quarterbacks, offensive line, uh, defense. Seth, let me start with you. Uh, what are some of your initial thoughts as uh, as Texas gets going here? Not a great question, Brian. Not a great question. <laughs> Wow. Too soon. I'm going to tell you. Too soon. Sark, Sark was, was I like feisty Sark. I kind of like feisty Sark. And uh, Brian and the press crew is known for asking those tough questions. And um, uh, he came back with a little jab, a little right cross. I, I like the enthusiasm from the head coach, but he's always been enthusiastic. He's always been that guy. Um, bottom line, this is it, man. I mean, are, are you going to be the guy that's going to be the head coach for the next eight or nine years? Are you Charlie Strong 2.0? you got to win. And the window to win is shrinking because they're going to be in the SEC, I think, sooner rather than later. So the pressure's on the head coach. He said all the right things in his first presser. A lot of talent on this team, a lot of new guys, 35 new guys. But um like the enthusiasm – but like I said, like Muschamp used to say, this is all window dressing. What's going to happen when they when they dress in their nice white silks in front of those bright lights on a, on a Saturday? So we'll see. It's early. Danny, what you what you think of of Sark and and uh, what you've seen so far? Well, luckily, and I've never been so happy to have a doctor's appointment in my life. I didn't have to go out to practice yesterday like you <laughs> you two did and had to sweat it out with a it was hot with all the football players. Hot. But you know, it's it's you know, it's an optimism season for fans, for players, for media members who want to go to a good bowl game. I mean, it's you know, we're we're not there's gonna be a lot of questions that need to be need to be answered over the next couple of weeks. I mean, quarterbacks only one question out of many, even though it's probably going to get the most pub over, over the next few weeks, but you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, looks like uh, Steve has some confidence in this team. The players are obviously saying the right things. The ones we've talked to at media days and the ones we'll talk to over these next couple of days after practices. So, um, but you know, talk is cheap um, as we, we know since we get paid to talk sometimes, but you know, it, it, it we'll, we'll see when once uh, September 3rd comes rolls around and especially once September 10th, um, happens in that Alabama games here. So uh, lots and lots of questions to be answered. Um, uh, and we'll, I guess we'll just see. Kirk. Wow. And I heard uh, Cedric say Sark maybe being around eight or nine years. I thought he meant games. I couldn't understand him for sure. Wow. And, and Danny mentions a bowl game. So, wow. It's uh, too optimism. soon. Doug. Too soon. Op optimism is in the air. So, uh, I don't know. I saw Xavier Worthy drop a pass yesterday. That really was cause for concern because he doesn't drop squat. Uh, Did he drop his car keys? That's the question. Well, everybody's got a nice car now. Everybody's got the wheels, right? So, uh, you know, one thing I was uh, 
you know, he mentioned uh, on Monday, Sark, that 50, what, the 57 of their 85 scholarship players are freshmen and sophomores. So that resonates with the Twitter audience. They go, oh, great, for the 28th straight year, we're a young team. It's like, when is this going to be an old team? Uh, Brian and I visited with Chris Beard uh, uh, Tuesday at basketball practice. He said, we're going to be one of the most experienced teams in college basketball. And that's the whole thing. You want to get old and stay old. And in football, it's the same way, but it's almost impossible with the transfer portal and, you know, people leaving and being eligible immediately. So I don't know that they, they, they're a damn good calisthenics team. You know, they were orderly. They were, you know, stretching very well. So I don't know what we really learned, you know, in August, because I think we all thought they were going to be a pretty decent team. I mean, even Danny was optimistic. Would you go 10 wins last year after August, Danny? I had already booked my tickets to the championship game and just had oh, to there eat, you that, go. eat that there cost. Well, it I'm should be it, it should be noted yesterday, uh, said and Danny, that uh, even Ted Coy, the most uh, optimistic <laughs> Longhorn ever, that you uh, a, a guy who's been going to practice for decades, even he came up to me, Kirk, and he says, "Well, they're in shorts. Who really knows? We won't know anything until they put on pads." So even even he was like, "Eh, you know, it's shorts. We'll see." Uh, what, impressed Sark, you, you know, BD? what impressed you, BD? What impressed you, BD? Either about Sark or watching them yesterday. Kelvin Banks really impressed me, and yeah. I really want to dive into that uh, real quick. <laughs> I want to circle back to uh, to Sed's comment. You're sensitive. You're sensitive. I'm not sensitive. It's just here's the here's the <coughs> issue for those who, for those who weren't uh, who, who didn't watch Sark's press conference. I asked him point blank: uh, Does Kelvin Banks, the the freshman five star tackle, does he need to win a job for this offensive line? And Sark said, "Not a good question." Well. No, then that means it's a great question because it, it it pierces a little bit. Because look, Kelvin Banks and Cam Williams, DJ Campbell. If your top recruiting, uh, if your top lineman recruits, if they can't win jobs on this offensive line, you're in trouble. This this team is in trouble. Not just the offense, but this whole team. Because to me, uh, I have got the offensive line is is the I am the dog with this bone for this month. Because if this offensive line does not get it together, I don't care how many Quinn Ewers as you have. I don't care about Bijan. I don't care about Xavier. I care about none of it. If they cannot block for these guys, it will not matter. Has there been a good team with a bad O-line ever in football? I mean, you're right. I mean, that's got to be his top priority. And then fixing the defense, number two. Uh, he's got a lot of top priorities. That's the problem. He's got about – five or six or seven huge question marks and they all got to come through. So I know you went upstairs to watch the offensive line a little bit mm -hmm. while I stayed downstairs at Daniels Fields. Uh, did any of the beef uh, impress you, BD? I mean, there, look, there's no doubt that that the freshmen are, you know, the big humans as they, as, as they talk about the P buzzwords, there's no doubt that they are, are that said, and, and Danny, when you guys lay eyes on these guys, you're going to think, wow, these, these are, these are huge people. There's no question, but this goes back. But I, I, I immediately think of something that said says all the time. Uh, but can they play? I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. Because I know some, I know a lot of big sorry offensive linemen. I do, <laughs> but I know some beasts as well. So if they can move the needle, be they young, old, or in the middle, someone's going to have to step up. And it won't matter who the quarterback is if they can't block. It won't matter that Bijan Robinson 
is a Heisman Trophy preseason candidate if they can't block. So they got to block. They got to pass protect. They got them all because we all saw our share of SEC games over the years, and those guys over there, that's NFL light, and it all starts in the trenches. And Sark knows that. He cut his teeth over there. And so he said, he famously said, what, BD? We need some larger human beings. And I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if Banks and Campbell will be starting, you know, against we can play, so, though. They I play. bet they play maybe half the games in September. You know, not half the game, like half of each game. You know, they're going to get extended minutes, I think, because, you know, Sark and, and Kyle Flood know they got to get them you know, in the game, meaningful reps early if they're going to be the team they and, want to be. And let me just let me just add one more quick thing about, about the line real quick, uh, is that the reason why I am hammering this uh, the whole month of August is because of, of what you both just referenced. This is about where the program is going, okay? Mm-hmm. And they are going to a league where it is all about the trenches, right? And so, you know, we cannot focus on all the skill players because that's what the Big 12 is, all right? And Texas is leaving the Big 12. They have got to start building toward a league where it is all about winning up front. Five stars, rarely red shirt. So what you're saying, the window is small to get production from these great young players. They're gone in three years. They're going to the league in three years if the, if they're as good as projected. So um, there's this is no time for the train the training wheels. Those are, I mean, people say the training wheels have to come off. No, you're not even looking at training wheels. They're th- going to get thrown into the fire right away, and they're going to have to play meaningful snaps if this offensive line is to progress. Because what we've seen the last couple of years. That won't that won't even that hasn't won in the Big 12. So if it hasn't won in the Big 12, you know it's not gonna win in the SEC. Okay, enough offensive line. We've we've gone 10 minutes without really mentioning the quarterback. So uh you know, one, okay, question asked, players. one question I asked Sarkeesian yesterday was, you know, as far as the way the quarterbacks carry themselves, how important is that? And is one of them carrying themselves like this is my team, you know, and, and I think. I don't want to speak for you three, but I thought Casey Thompson carried his carried himself that way. This is my team. It ultimately became his team, even though he picked Hudson Card and started in just two games. So, and he said body language is huge to Sark. And he said, and accountability. He said, I want to see my quarterback. He makes a bad pass. He owns it. And he wants that accountability, like, hey, bad me for overthrowing that receiver and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'd ask you to, you know, you know, Danny and uh, said, do you, you think he needs to name a quarterback pretty early in camp or you think he'll take it up to like a week or two weeks before Louisiana Monroe? What do you think, Danny? I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't think it matters um, as far as when he names it, if I'm being completely honest, if he names him today or if he names him a week before the, Louisiana and a Monroe game. I mean, you know, they could put Charles Wright, who's probably the fourth or fifth <laughs> out there, and they're going to win that game against the Warhawks. Um, so I don't think, and they're both getting first team reps, both getting, you know, reps with those receivers, both getting reps with, you know, handing the, hand, hand the ball off to number five. So 
Um, and obviously the veterans on his team have experienced Hudson. So I don't really think it matters when he names it. I also think probably the players know um, um, and have a pretty yeah. good idea who the starting quarterback is going to be. And, you know, and even if, you know, Quinn or Hudson is named the starter, it's just, it's just as important that the other guy gets those reps during this time of the year because of injuries or if what happens last year and they go play a bad game against Alabama in the second game instead of Arkansas and they need to switch it up and um, make a move. So I don't really think it matters. I think what matters more is that the reps are getting in and that these two quarterbacks are establishing themselves as voices in that locker room and gaining the trust of their receivers and their their linemen. But as far as QB one and, letting us know who, who tops the depth chart. It doesn't matter in my opinion. Like I said, the players know probably who's going to be the starter. And as long as the work's getting done, that's really all that, all that matters. And we know he doesn't mind changing his mind, you know, after giving Carr just two, two games to start said, what, how do you see it? If it's an obvious call, pull the trigger. Yeah. Will it be? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I've I've been on the Quinn Ewers wagon since the spring. I think I think certain assurances have, were made where it may have been made to him to get him here. Um, the game, the NIL thing, has changed the whole um, recruiting game, and that includes transfers as well. So uh, players are for sale. And, and if you're for sale, then you're not going to negotiate. So I, I think that, um, like Daniel said, they're, they're going to need them both eventually, but it would shock me if it wasn't Quinn yours, it just would. And that's, that's not, that's after not having seen, um, a practice this spring going out there today. And so, um, Hudson looked better in the spring game. He did. He did. That's better. Yeah. Quinn took more chances and is more vertical. But um, I'll be interested to see what what the leadership thing is. Casey Thompson, to me, was a really good leader. I liked Casey. He took accountability. He lived in the film room, and and, and he wanted it. So I think these guys are a little bit more low-key guys. And uh, Quinn, I mean, the last time we saw him, Duck, remember you asked him about is he got any more NIL deals? And he turns and looks and goes, that's personal. And I, and I, as he's walking out, I go, we're going to find out, Quinn. Because these companies just aren't throwing you money and, and telling the PR people to shut up. So um, the stories have been more about NIL than football. <clears throat> now that we're talking football, it's to me, it's kind of refreshing to be able to talk about what's going on in between the lines and who's going to win this job. So real quickly, as an aside on the NIL, I went to Atlanta for the SEC media days, and and they were supportive of NIL for the players, but also blasting it because there are no guardrails. And I'll never forget Lane Kiffin was very uh, outspoken about it. He said, when you get donors involved, you get those boosters involved, and they're giving these players money, are the boosters deciding who we should recruit or – or me and my staff deciding, and then are they deciding who plays? So it's a sketchy deal. And I don't know, Brian, how you see that, you know, affecting recruiting and playing decisions. Well, I, th- I think the whole thing is 
just out the window as the four of us uh, knew it, knew college, what college athletics was and what it is, what it was meant to be, uh, especially now that the NCAA has passed the rule that you can transfer basically as many times as you want and play immediately. Um, guys are I, I think we're going to see guys go somewhere one year. They're not going to like it. Go somewhere else the next year, then go somewhere else. You know, and those are people that you can never make happy. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And I think coaches are going to have a very hard time uh, adhering to scholarship rule limits uh, and, roster, and roster caps and things like that. Uh, that that's going to create some, some chaos uh, real quick. Don't want to run out of time here. We do need to talk on about the defense. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, the Texas defensive coordinator got his only interview of 2022 uh, with reporters uh, earlier this week. And uh, yeah. Who, who said Pete Kwiatkowski, you don't, he, you don't get to, you don't know his name. You don't know who he, he is. was. So soft spoken. I couldn't even hear him. I he know. was quiet. He well, was so quiet. let's talk about the one thing that you heard loud and clear was, <laughs> uh, he was asked about the pass rush and he just blurted out what pass rush, right? Exactly. <laughs> Total honesty from PK. It was very refreshing. It's too bad. We won't see him again until 2023, but uh, I'll just, but open will we, who wants it? <laughs> will we see him in 2023? You sure about that? <laughs> point. Is PK coaching for his job this year? Hell yeah. Everybody is. They all are. Yes. Five and seven guarantees you nothing. And, you know, they print money in the basement over there at the tower, as we know. So, I I mean, can really – can Sark survive another five and seven or even a six no. and six year? Probably not, right? So, yeah, that sense of urgency is now, and they got to win now. And it's not just Pete Kwiatkowski worrying about Gary Patterson looking over his shoulder. It's Sark, and, and he knows that. I think that – I think – I think – I think they're – Going to have a winning record, um, but a lot of people out there that are that are glass half, glass pretty full. Um, you know, I was out in the um, Sin City, and um, you know, uh, let me change my background. Let y'all give you the mood. I was out in Vegas last month, and I went I went to the um, sports book. At one of the casinos, and the Texas Longhorns are going off at eight and a half wins this season. And I talked to some people in the sports book about it, and you know, some degenerate gamblers, and they were like, "Oh my God, that's easy money. They're gonna, you got to take the under. You got to take the under. They're gonna go eight and four. They're gonna go seven and five. And so for me, I, I think if they went eight and four, that's a, that's a three win improvement, uh, and that would represent progress under Sark. So. For everybody going 10 and 2, 11 and 1, I would say pump your brakes on that. It's okay to be enthusiastic about it, but uh, let, let's look at what they have. A new, they got a new quarterback. They've got unproven offensive line and the 100th ranked defense in the country. So, no team that, that went 11 and, 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 or 10 and 2 has probably had, had numbers like that. So, uh, I'm enthusiastic about what they're going to do, but I don't think they're going to be a double-digit winning team this year. I think, you know, we're going to find out exactly what kind of, I guess, manager Steve is um, with how he handles his staff. Um, you know, he's had two assistants leave this past offseason, one who got a head coaching job and one 
who just, you know, was let, let go. And that was a carryover from the last staff. So, you know, he is a staff full of his guys and, you know, how he handles PK if his defense is struggling is going to kind of, you know, he may be stubborn. The last guy who was here was pretty stubborn with his staff and that was a problem um, down at, at, at the end of things. So, you know, we'll, we'll see just kind of how Steve wants to run the staff, how loyal he is to his guys, if he's willing to ride out some, bumps and bruises until he can get it right. Or if, you know, there's going to be a quick trigger and they're calling Gary to see if uh, he can come in and fill in. So that's going to be something definitely to, to see. Um, I don't think uh, after week two is going to be a fair way to judge exactly how PK is doing. Cause that could end up being pretty, pretty ugly against a defense that's trying to get better. But I think, um, you know, Pete, you know, Pete was pretty honest with us and kind of assessing what went wrong with that defense. So definitely they know what's going on in the building, but um, it's, that's, I think that's a bigger question than the quarterbacks going in. I know the quarterbacks get all the glamour, but I'm a lot more interested to see what happens with uh, that defense and whether or not it can be more respectable um, this season uh, in the Big 12. Amen. Jury's out. What do you think, BD? Um, close it out. Well, I had to mute myself because the dogs are going crazy. All of a sudden, uh, exactly. Uh, Dogs of war will be howling if, uh, if things go sideways against Alabama. I'll tell you that the uh, the biggest thing I want to say about Alabama in week two, I want to be on the record right now, is no nice matter shirt, what by, happens. Nice shirt, by the way, like that. No Roll matter top. what happens, the second week of September, I would say everyone, you know, Aaron Rodgers it and relax. Right. Assuming they don't lose 60 to nothing, which they won't. Right. Alabama. Look, they're talking about this could be the greatest Alabama team Nick Saban's ever had. All right. Which, okay, let's let's pump the brakes on that, too. But um, look, it's going to be week two for them as well. So they will not be, you know, CFP ready Alabama as well. Uh, Texas is the home team. They'll have they'll be ready to go. But I I, want to as we record this on August 4th. I just want to say to everybody, no matter what happens one month from now, um, you know, just be cool because it will only be week two, right? There'll be a whole lot of football uh, after that. Um, but I do think that it is going to be a huge, a huge bellwether of, of where things are headed. Um, I don't know, I, to Danny's point, I don't know if they could roll out the 10th string quarterback and, and beat the Warhawks. I'm not sure about that. But don't I be know hating on C Dub. ULM is terrible. They could I know. put me back there, and they're going to win that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> Easy bearded one. If Texas struggles, one. if all five quarterbacks don't get playing time in that opener, something went uh, something has gone went wrong. Well, if if all five quarterbacks don't play in that game, then somebody missed the bus. Maybe they're still at the hotel. Something Y'all really something. think all five quarterbacks going to play a week before no the Alabama way. game? No, they need of reps. Not, of course not. They need reps for the top two. All of them That's plus me. Of course not. They need reps for the tide, man. I know. You guys, um, they got to get that thing going. Let me they ask this. <clears throat> let me they throw need- this out there before we before we run out of time. Um, you, you guys know that I'm really big on uh, what is just kind of the tone and what is the feeling of things uh, as we go along. Uh, Danny, let me start with you. What do you want to see, or or maybe what do you want to hear from whoever? Um, as the month of August rolls along, that that makes you feel things are going in the right direction. Well, we aren't going to hear anything because last time we heard something, um, we haven't heard from Morrow since. But 
as far as as far as seeing stuff, you know, I, I think you just kind of want to see that sense of urgency, especially from the older guys whose time maybe, you know, running out. I mean, these, these young guys probably they don't know what it's like to lose to Kansas. Um, these freshmen, the Kelvin Bankses, uh, the Quinn Ewers, they don't know that feeling of having you know, that disappointment. You know, Quinn was at Ohio State last year. I mean, that was a, a great program. He's used to being around winning programs. A lot of these high school kids came from, you know, really established high school programs. So I just kind of want to see those older guys, the DeMarvions, the Morrow, even though he's not going to be talking to us, um, you know, Jordan Winnington, those guys just kind of step up as leaders who we believe they are and just kind of lead this team and, you know, establish that what happened last year was not acceptable if you're a Texas Longhorn player, fan coach, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, in the 20, 20 to 30 minute windows, we get a practice. That's kind of one, what I want to see from those older guys is just them leading, leading the way. Yeah. I want to see angry focus as uh, Danny said, five and seven is unacceptable at most places. It should be inexcusable in Austin, Texas with the resources UT has. So yeah, I want to see a team that's pissed off about five and seven and going, not talking about champions. We're going to get to the Big 12 championship game. Let's go to New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I just want to see that angry, focused, dedication, commitment that Moro Ojimo spoke to, as you said, and uh, make it real because this team and this coaching staff hadn't done squat yet. So they got a lot to prove and they shouldn't set the bar too high or set it too low either. So you know, a bowl game should be the minimum expectation for this team. So we'll see. Here's what I'm worried about. Um, um, for many years, when I got on this beat, the duck, the duck uh, would always have a column every every year or so that talked about how pampered these Longhorns were. When I got on the beat, duck, they were taking luxury buses charter buses from the Moncrief to the practice field. And Charlie cut that out. Charlie made them walk, which we thought was great. Right. How'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder about all of this NIL money flowing into this locker room. And not everybody's getting it. I get that. But I wonder if that's going to take away from the hunger factor. You got guys that have padded pockets now and are they are they going to be hungry enough to 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 win a Big Twelve to to show people that they're ready for that SEC challenge that's coming down the pipe? I don't know, I don't know, but I want to see I want to see some desperation. I want to see a team that was five and seven last year that's wanting to go ten and two or nine and three. That's what I want to see. But I wonder, are they hungry? We'll see. I know the coach is hungry. I know he is because he's coaching for his life. But I wonder about these players driving around in Aston Martins and 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 Lambos. Are they going to be football hungry when it matters most? If there's ever a football program that shouldn't be complacent, you know, it should be this one, like you said. And they they need to be pissed off and hungry and angry because they haven't done anything. So, but NAL throws a wrench into everything. You know, it's hard to get eighty five players committed to one goal, but that's uh Starkeesian's charge. If everybody's as PO'd as Morrow, then they're going to be okay. But I don't know that everybody is. Well, 
that is certainly uh, what we will find out as the course of August rolls around, as we uh, inch closer and closer to September. It feels like a, it feels like it's on another planet. September is another planet, but it will be here um, quickly, no doubt, no doubt about it. That's enough time we we've got for today uh, for uh, this Longhorn Confidential. Remember, you can go to statesman.com and read all of our coverage. If you type hook'em.com into your browser, it'll still take you straight to the Austin American States where we can find all the coverage of everything, including high schools uh, and everything else going on in and around town. Uh, But that's it for now. So for Kirk and Danny and Cedric, I'm Brian, and we will see you next time.